Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And I'm Kestra Dorowski. And today we are joined by a guest. Why don't you say hello? Hi, I'm George Hendricks, uh, one of the hosts of the Mogwai Minute. I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Uh, today we are discussing Minute 51 of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which begins with Red Potion cackling as it boils through. Uh, George, uh, before we got started, you were describing the name of this piece of glassware. What was it? Uh, it's an Olympic or a retort. Um, my chemistry uh, nomenclature is a little fuzzy, but I know that it's one of the two. It's just really okay. com- complicated. Yeah, because it spirals a bunch and, and drifts into the drink. Um, and it ends this minute uh, with the queen's hands uh, coming into frame. Who knows what's about to happen? It's a mystery. But it sounds ominous. It certainly does, especially with that laugh. (laughs) Yes. Um, So this is more of the Queen's potion brewing, uh, which we started last week. And we love this. The Queen is just so great. She's great. The whole time she's on (laughs) screen. It's just huge and dramatic and dynamic. And we just really love it. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk more about the the voice actress tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, Lucille Laverne, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, but she she's she does a great job in portraying the queen's voice in many different ways. She's the queen and the hag. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, she does great. You buy it both ways. Yep. Mm-hmm. So George, you're coming in. You're you're flying in towards. I mean, we're getting towards the end of the film. I guess we'd be in the third act at this point. It's hard to say. Um, the act structure is a little wonky with this one. Yeah. Uh, but do you have any thoughts on on the film up to this point that you you need to share before we get deep into this minute? As a, I was, you know, Snow White's just one of those that's like always been in your collective conscious. I, I, I think I've had a DVD of this floating around for some reason over like my entire life. Well, you know, VHS, the DVD, it's always been available. Right. Um, you know, you're just growing up with the Disney classics as, as most people do, I think. Yeah. Well, um, I, as I was growing up, this one wasn't really part of the cycle, uh, in my household. Cause it was and a girl. I'm, well, I'm just really disappointed <laughs> because it turned out to be a really, really good film when I sat down and watched it. For the first time, yeah, a, at least a couple months ago, um, <laughs> I I don't remember ever like watching it the way I watched. Um, even I mean, even some of the female centric ones like Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast. I'm a huge Little Mermaid fan. I love that movie. It's it's a it's a great one. Like we watched that one fairly recently, and it was really enjoyable. I can see, you know, why it led to another era of success and in Disney animated films. Yeah, it was just hands down. It's one of my favorites as far as the traditional cell animated yes. Disney's go. Yeah, um, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, I believe, but um, they they kind of with, with Little Mermaid, which starts the Renaissance Disney movies. Um, they went back to some of the. Uh, ways that they started filming um, the, with, the techniques with they were using the techniques they were using so like modeling um, using models to uh, sh- to help the animators know how to uh, 
do all the motion all and, the motions and, uh-huh. and things like that. It was, it was interesting to see some of the futurists talking about, like, yeah, we wanted to do this thing, which no one at Disney had done for a while. You know, they'd been doing animals in, in uh, you know, the rescuers and things yeah, like that. The rescuers, when you talk about modeling, I'm like, I wonder whether they use a model for the rescuers. <laughs> yeah, and, and like the Aristocats and Oliver and Company. So you've got, like, a lot of animal-centric ones for a good long while, and then everyone had to relearn. It's like, how did they used to do, you know, like Snow White? And they found all these videos of... of Reference models yeah. doing the acting, and mean? and then the, yeah, they took notes from that and said, <laughs> "Well, let's get reference models." Mm-hmm. And it really was, uh, you know, a relearning of what had made Disney successful in the first place um, with things like Snow White. So for this minute, yeah, she's she's finishing the brewing, and she starts with the old hag's cackle. Right? Well, she or... she had just finished that one. Right. She's, it, she's the, the getting the cackle. Cackling. Into yeah. the um, into the glass. The cackle but, was maturing. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Uh, but there are only four things listed on the page that we saw last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the cackle was the third one. More. She adds more. And then there's the scream of fright. Right. That's the next one. That's the one. very next one. And, and the purpose of that is to whiten her hair specifically. Yes. This is, I mean, it's it's a nice detailed recipe in that it describes what the function of each ingredient is. Yes. And apparently well, it's the color green. Yeah. The, well, the color keeps the changing. Liquid, it changes. So it started out green, I think, and then turned black um, with the black of night. It was kind of a squiddy ink kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then changed color again with the cackle. And then again, I guess back to green um, yeah. with the, uh, the scream of fright. Was that um, a green scream? I don't know. <laughs> but the ghost that comes from it, I, I, I love that, the that smoky screams, ghost. That's really like that's a great touch. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then she says, "A blast of wind to, to fan, fan my hate." Yeah, which was not part of the original ghost. recipe and sounds oddly specific in this case. Yeah, it's pretty dark. I like it. <laughs> um. Well, let's do the the last ingredient. Um, and then I'll I'll bring something up. A thunderbolt to mix it well, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like I do not understand that. I guess using <laughs> sonic vibration to like you know the crackle of the air, but then she yeah. says that then a lightning bolt crashes outside. Yeah. So like, what kind of power does she have at her disposal anyway? Yeah, Andrew. When we were watching this, Andrew was was like. A thunderbolt to mix it well? That makes, like, no sense. But actually, you know, now that you mention it, George, um, you know, sonic vibrations. So I work in in a chemistry lab, and they use what's called a sonicator um, to sometimes mix things in a glass flask. They've got, like, some liquids inside the flask, and they drop it in a sonicator, which just is basically doing high-frequency vibration, sonic vibration, um through liquid and then through the glass into the liquid that's inside the glass. Uh, that way they can mix, mix it without actually to touch it with anything and not contaminate the sample. Exactly. Uh, and so they do sonication for, for mixing. So I guess sonic mixing, I mean, there is a precedent for it. I don't know if there was one in the 30s. but Yeah, this is just really old school. I like that word. I like that word sonication. It's a good word. Yeah, so so maybe that's what the Thunderbolt was doing. Um, something I brought up last week. I don't know if you've ever read Moby Dick, George. I have. 
Okay, well, there's the sequence where Ahab has his harpoon forged, and uh-huh. this whole sequence reminds me a lot of that, where he's just, you know, going, like, over the top with all of these things to make it not just, like, a good physical harpoon, but he's basically enchanting it with, A spiritual you know, harpoon. Yes, because he's, he's doing things like using the um, the nails from racehorse hooves and just razor blades to form the blade. And then he quenches it in the blood of his other harpooners. <laughs> and like all of these things. It's like, this is like just so intense and over the top. And it's fantastic. I, I love sequences like this where they're just going nuts with it. I think it's a pretty brave move of her using like thunder and lightning to do her thing. Did you guys ever see Willow? Yeah. Yeah, no. that did not it's work out for while, Queen but... Morda. Yeah, she yeah. tried the whole thunder lightning thing in the end. And it just, that didn't, yeah, did not work well at all. So, so I'm wondering with the evil queen, so she's got these books of magic spells and everything. Does she have magic at her disposal or is it all chemically based? Is it all substance based? Because she, you know, says gust of wind and she gets a gust of wind. Maybe she's just got a lot of serendipity working for her. She's just fortuitous. Exactly. I have a sister who's kind of like that. <laughs> Always Everything the right just, place at the right time. Yeah, things just kind of seem to work out. I, I get lucky um, beating lunch rushes at restaurants. <laughs> I get to the restaurant, and then like 15 minutes after I get there, it's suddenly a line out the door. People underestimate stuff like that, or finding good parking, or things like mm-hmm. that. People underestimate that a lot. I, th- I think it's pretty cool, and especially if it's like semi-consistent. Like, I'm pretty good with the lunch thing. He He... He called it his superpower, and that's one that's that led to him asking me out for the first time. Yes, uh, before we started dating, I said, "Yeah, I've got this superpower where I beat the lunch rush and dinner rush, and 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 my whole ploy was to be like, yeah, I'll show you.' Yeah, come with me. Hey, you know that's smooth. It was sly. It worked. It did work. <laughs> um, have you ever had a? What was yours, George? Did you mention? I completely blanked. <laughs> You you don't have one of these superpowers. Oh, my superpower. Um, I don't know. Pretty good with puns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whether that's it a works. superpower or a supervillain power, I don't know. But well, it, it depends on how much you like the pun. Yeah, if you can make it work for you, then it's good. Uh, so in Fantasmic, which is a show, um, a nighttime spectacular shown at Disneyland Park, which is not currently going because of renovations for and additions for the Star Wars Land. And it is also at Walt Disney World at the Hollywood Studios. And in the in the show, they have a moment when the evil queen begins a... So she's talking to the slave in the magic mirror. Um, and she says some things that are not in the script on in the movie, but I wanted to read the spell that she says that's not exactly like it but is it supposed to be this spell yes because okay. she's turned she's she's the evil queen and then she's turning into the hag got it immediately after this okay so in phantasmic what is her spell a magic spell in the black of night with a scream of fright and a bolt of light turn my hair to white that's it that's it i like this Just one better <laughs> I, I like i like the one in the movie better agreed I see girls all the time with white hair now, and I don't think they had to go through a magic spell. They had to sit and pay a couple hundred bucks to the hairdresser to have it done. Yeah, I, I think 
Oh, well, now this brings up another question. Do you think she has been uh, magically altering her appearance up to this point to stay beautiful? Hmm. Because I I, I don't get that impression yeah, from I don't, anything, but I, it's possible. I don't get that impression either, but, um, I mean, that's what Mother Gothel does. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like she's more. This is an augmentation because uh, otherwise she would just like stop doing what she's doing to make herself look younger. She would just stop and then she would turn old again. So this has uh, there's a whole process involved in this. I think she actually is that young, which is why she's so vain, and that's what causes you know. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I think uh, it makes more sense to have her either naturally or you know by an effort of maintenance. She's staying young and beautiful. Uh, and she's going through this magical means to completely undo that as she is trying to be the most beautiful. Like, her whole goal is to be the most beautiful, and to do that, she's willing to be this hag. And this is kind of a last resort for her, because she, she asked, she requested uh, the Huntsman to kill Snow White. Yes, um, so now so, she's got to do it herself. Yeah. So she's getting a disguise. Like, all of this was just for a disguise. <laughs> You'd Did think you guys discuss be... the box she brought the pig heart in, or it was presented oh. the pig heart in? Yes, yes, but what do you have to say about it? Because we I love just, that box. I, I know. I was. I was like. I was wondering if that was a Nirvana reference, like for, with the heart shaped box and type thing, because you know that's a very prominent feature he has. You know, hmm. long after this hmm. movie was going, but as soon as I saw that, I thought heart shaped box, and I was like, oh. And I was, I was a little on the nose, like the heart's in here. Here's a heart in the box. So it's like, okay, it's very transparent. That's what you're trying to say there, Huntsman. Might be overkill. I don't know. That's all I have to say on the box. Okay. We we are we have a lot of questions about that box, like whether it was crafted <laughs> beforehand with this specific purpose. Is this the box that she always has? People but put ripped out hearts in. It also looks quite small to hold a, a lot of hearts. A lot of you hearts. You know, just one heart maybe. One maybe the huntsman has that serendipity when it comes to buying gifts that are just right for the person he's buying it for. <laughs> This is going to be the perfect box for her. One day, it's, <laughs> oh, it's just going it. to be just right. He's in the marketplace. There's like a beam of light shining down on it. He's like, this is perfect for my <laughs> subterfuge. Um, and so she finishes the spell, and she gets ready to drink the potion. And there's a wonderful shot with like the reflection mm-hmm. on the glass um, with it bubbling and everything. Just kudos to the animators and whoever designed that shot. They said, oh, we should have her reflected in it. Because that's... No, I was going to say it's the last time we see her beautiful, but we see her during the transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of the last. But but during that transformation, she is transforming. So she's, yeah. So there are parts of her that are. Are losing it. So this is kind it. of the last moment. Yeah. Like, like as she looks at that glass, it's her last time seeing herself as young and beautiful. And, and we don't. Uh, spoilers. We don't see her. As the queen ever again in the movie. Yeah. She's uh, the she, hag the rest of the time. She is the hag, and then she dies, and it's probably, like, I don't know if the magic wears off after she's dead. Maybe. It's possible. But this might be, you know, kind of the last bit of her being beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that it goes away as she's, you know, just filled with the fullest amount of jealousy um, and envy for someone else. Yes. She well, with even... a name like Grimhilda, I mean, that kind of indicates that you're kind of on the uh, petty side, I think. 
<laughs> it just sounds like a name where you're 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 jealous all the time. Yes, it's not it's not Pardon the most Ingram virtuous sounding. I apologize. Yes. And then we get the, the transformation sequence. She drinks and it starts and it's well, kind of vertigo induced. That, that's crazy because she drinks that glass and then like and then drops it and it doesn't just like shatter. Like there's like a flash of light when it does. I'm like, that was probably really expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That glass looked great with like the stem work and everything. Was do you think it was the right shaped glass for the cocktail she was making? I don't know much about cocktails. Because <laughs> you have your highball, you have your rocks glass. The shape of the glass can really dictate the end product. So maybe you know, maybe she would have gotten a better product if she had a better glass. Well, and I was also curious if you know maybe she had different amounts of the uh, ingredients would would create a slightly different disguise. Yeah. So you got to get it just right. Real mixology. Uh, but Probably involves I, I, a little spritz of like rind in the inside of it, like lemon rind or something. <laughs> um, I I would guess she, I mean, based on the, all the glassware we've seen around her castle, I would guess that she always has the right glass for whatever she's drinking. Yeah, that sounds like seems about right. She seems like one of those people that would only want sherry in a sherry glass. Hmm. Yeah, uh, and then we get the the spinning of the foreground and the background, which I love that the beginning of the transformation where the background and foreground start to spin in opposite directions, I think is especially good um, because I don't know exactly how hard it would have been to do that, but probably pretty hard with the kind of cameras they were working with and everything. Yeah. The filming techniques. I think that one's really great. And then it spirals into this weird multicolor whirlpool which is kind of vertigo inducing a little bit and then the bubbles and it's got yeah. that great like disney trippy like you know black cauldron weird you know scenario to yeah. the whole thing yeah i don't know exact i don't feel like i really get the bubbles but i guess it's just showing cuz it does it, like the screen turns green and you get that that squid ink kind of effect again so i guess it's just showing you know this is the potion doing its thing yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty Bubbles effective. Bubbles mean active, active And then it it this minute ends with her sticking her hands up into the screen, and who knows what's going to happen to those hands. Um, but that's the only bit of transformation we see. We don't see her hair or anything else so far in this minute, right? No. So we'll save that for tomorrow. But that's all I've got for for today's minute. That's all I have. Yeah, I'm good. George, you good? Okay. Then we will wrap it up. Hey, George, if people wanted to hear more of your voice, where would they go? They would go to iTunes and search for the Mogwai Minute, M-O-G-W-A-I, or the internet. You know, face, We have a Facebook page, the Mogwai Minute. We have Instagram, email, the Mogwai Minute at gmail.com. All those, you know, just put the Mogwai Minute in places and just look, and we'll probably pop up in some way, shape, or form. It, sh- it should show up. That's good. And as for us, you can go onto Facebook and find the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society, or Damsels. It's what we're calling our Facebook group, uh, where you can find links to things and uh, and comment on our episodes and all of that sort of stuff. It's a fun little community. And we are also at a website at protagonistpodcast.com slash dame, uh, which is our basic landing page. It's got some contact info and stuff. Most importantly, please share us with a friend. Find that Disney friend of yours or family member and just put this in their hands and say, listen to this and get them hooked on us so that we get more listeners. 
and come back tomorrow for more of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But until then, just whistle while you work.